So I can't speak for anybody who's not named Dan Hager, but I can tell you, as a guy named Dan Hager, I have never preached Proverbs 31. I don't believe I've ever taught a Bible class on Proverbs 31. And the only time I, as a man, recall hearing Proverbs 31 spoken from a pulpit was at my grandmother's funeral. So my exposure to Proverbs 31, while it's an incredibly familiar passage of Scripture, while we've got coffee mugs at our house with some of these words engraved on it, it's not one that too many people have felt compelled to teach me as a man trying to follow God. I have the sense that our sisters have probably had a little bit greater exposure to it. Perhaps your experience was different. I grew up where we were sort of forced to pretend that holidays weren't holidays. So uh, Mother's Day didn't always quite get the attention that it was deserved. I remember one story one time where there was a young lady our age who was very perturbed at the congregation we were going to because the Mother's Day sermon was Satan and his designs. (laughs) Because that preacher was in the midst of a series on Satan and Mother's Day or no Mother's Day, he was going to continue as planned. (laughs) So... So maybe you've had more exposure to Proverbs 31 than I have. But even from what I've picked up from some of what I know my lovely wife has experienced with Proverbs 31, I think there might be more for us there than we realize. So I personally am very, very excited for all of us, brothers and sisters, to study this passage of Scripture together and to discover God's definition of excellence for a wife, for a mother, for a woman. So since it's ladies' night, as we've been doing, I will insist that at each section of our study tonight, we have ladies go first. So sisters, be ready to jump in at each new question or as we have each reading because I'm going to give you all the opportunity to be the first voice that we hear. So we're going to read tonight from Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. This is the end of the book of Proverbs that we'll be reading from. That's relevant, so keep that in mind. We'll read from Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. I'll invite one of our sisters to read it for us first. If another sister so inclined, we'll even let you both uh, go ahead and give us both readings, ideally a couple different voices, maybe a couple different translations. Then we first want to retell this passage in our own words. If you had to sum it up, what is the picture here? And then we want to discuss what are some of the details that really strike us from it. And then we're going to answer four questions about this passage during our time together tonight. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about people? How will we personally put this into practice? And who needs this that we're going to tell? So which of our sisters would be willing to give us our first reading of Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31? Gwen will. Thank you very much, Gwen. All right, this is King James, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31.
and willingly works with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She brings a fruit to the fall. She also rises on the jet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her many servants. She considers the field and lies it. For her property she put as a remnant. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her all. She perceived that her merchandise is good, and the land does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distant, and her hand holds the splendor. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household. All her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestries for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She should rejoice in time to come. She opens her heart, her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the Lord of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up in the form of blessing. Her husband also embraces her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel in the all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passive. For the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the end. Beautiful. Thank you, Gwen. Could be willing to give us a second reading of that same passage? Ashley will. Which translation will this be? Okay. NLT. Thank you very much. 
So there's two good readings from a couple different types of translations. If you had to sum up this extended proverb in your own words, ladies first, how would you summarize it? What's the picture that's being painted for us here? So Christine noticed that this is a very active woman, very, very busy. Gwen, what would you add to that? Yeah. Yes. So Gwen is noticing there that devotion to God. And there's a couple different ways that as Gwen makes that a key part of her summary, that that really should stand out to us. So one of the things that this specifically calls out towards the end of the proverb, and it is significant when you look at 29 and 30, there's lots of great women, but she surpasses them all. And why? It's not her charm. It's not her beauty. It's because she fears the Lord. That's the difference. So we do see a lady that is very active. We see a lady that's very creative. We see a lady that's very skilled. And there's lots of ladies that fit that description. This lady is worthy of this praise because she fears the Lord in the midst of all that. The other thing that Gwen spoke to there that is also an important point in this too. So where in the Proverbs does this occur? 31, right? The end. This is the end of the problems. What this lady is depicted as doing is what the rest of the book's about. We've just had a whole book of these wise, inspired sayings of the right way to live life. And it ends with a picture of what that looks like to really put God's wisdom into practice. And isn't it interesting that the way God chose to illustrate what that looked like was with an excellent woman. That's the example that he chose to illustrate. This is what it looks like to live with wisdom. This is what it looks like to fear the Lord. My summary for this was Proverbs concludes with a beautiful poem celebrating a woman who embodies the excellence that it teaches, especially in fearing the Lord, in all areas of life. There's a few words that I very deliberately included in my summary because I find that they're crucial for us to really appreciate just what it is God is saying to us here. So as we start to unpack this with some of our details and some of our questions, You'll hear some of those things I just said starting to pop up throughout our discussion. So as you reflect on it, ladies first, what are some details that stood out to you as we read this psalm? Debbie Jordan. Uh, that everything she does benefits someone else. Yes. So you see this compassionate character, this kindness, and that word is actually used specifically there. Anybody, brother or sister, what are other details that strike you as we read this? Karen? Yes, beautiful illustration there, just the importance of that spousal role to her. Wayne? I said Wayne. But she was a very talented person. She did multiple things. That's right. Took care of her husband. She sewed. She took wool and flax and made thread and sewed. 
sold to a merchant, so that means she was a businesswoman. Yep. And uh, and she did, had a lot of kindness, and she watched over, did everything. Seemed like. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a woman like that. All right. <laughs> so you laugh. You laugh, but what he says joking, and there's a few proverbs about joking that I'm going to send to you later, Wayne. So what he says joking is actually part of why I think this proverb isn't always received as beautifully as it could be, should be. And that is going to be one of the things I want to explore tonight. So I'm actually really thankful that we cracked that joke because... That is actually very close to the approach and attitude that this proverb often receives. And I want us to sort of think through if that's exactly what it's saying. But first, Lainey, what were you going to add for us? Well, I was going to add um, that she showed respect and she earned it. The kids respected her. Ah. So let's start to tie some of those ideas together. That's a beautiful thought. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, that's good too, isn't it? <laughs> so, you might have a footnote in your Bible like I did, because I don't read Hebrew. I don't know if anybody else in here reads Hebrew. I don't read Hebrew. But I've got a footnote in my Bible that tells me that this particular proverb is written as an acrostic poem. Who remembers what an acrostic is? John, what's an acrostic? It's a word. That's right. So in this particular instance, each verse, so to speak, would begin with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So as you read through Proverb 31, each line is going to be moving you through the Hebrew alphabet with a word that has that letter. Doesn't come through anything. There's no good way to bring it through in English. But I do find it very compelling that for such a beautiful picture, it was written in such a beautiful way. But that also highlights something else about this particular proverb, because it is poetic. It's poetic. When God inspired it, when he breathed it out, he breathed it out in one of the most beautiful forms of literature we have. Where words are used to just paint pictures that capture the imagination and stir the emotions. That is how Proverbs 31 was written. And when Laney calls out for us this reality that part of it is her children, her husband praising her name. When we see towards the end of it, this reality that everybody should, should praise for who she is and what God's doing through her. This proverb should be read not as a command, but as a celebration. Let me say that again. This proverb should not be read as a command, but as a celebration. Now let me unpack what I mean by that a little bit and why I think that's important. My grandmother, Linda Curry, mom's mom, 
She was the Lois to my Lois Venus and Timothy story. Because as many of you know, I grew up without male spiritual roles. I had a godly grandmother and a godly mother. And that is where my sincere faith originated. So my grandmother, Mama Alden, wonderful one of those that you would wake up in the morning and spend in the house and she'd already been up for hours cooking, you know, getting breakfast ready for the kids. Cocoa wheats. It's like oatmeal but chocolate. Love it. But all the grandkids always wanted her cocoa wheats. Nobody else could fix them like she could. Made sure all the kids were at church. Made sure all five of her kids growing up were at church when her husband refused to lift a finger to help. Now his story has changed dramatically. That's a good story too. Paul's a wonderful Christian now. But he wasn't growing up. So Mama Linda got all of her kids to church by herself. Mama Linda got all the grandkids, the multiple ones of us would spend the night at her house, by her, would spend the night there. Uh, and she would get all of us to church by herself. And that's just who she was. She loved the Lord. She was humble. She was sincere. She was just a truly remarkable one. Uh, she died within a year of Ashley and my first year of marriage. Went to the ER with back pain. Found out it was stage four cancer and she was done within two weeks. So it went from not knowing she had cancer to being dead, you know, within two weeks time. So very difficult thing. But even in such a small window of time, Ashley has always commented on just knowing that Mama Linda loved her. Like just the way she spoke to her and the way she treated her. Just like, there was no doubt. And that was just who she was. She was truly a wonderful woman. So at her funeral, Brian, the uh, minister, who was no longer, you know, um, her minister, there had been some changes at the congregation stuff, so he's actually at a different congregation, but when she was in the hospital, he started coming and seeing her like every day. That was actually a good part of how Paul ended up becoming a Christian, even in the midst of all that. So the family asked him if he'd be willing to preach for you. So he stands up, and he says, you know, every time a family has a mother or grandmother pass away, I get asked to read Proverbs 31. But I usually don't do it. Because I find most ladies just don't quite measure up to it. But I have no hesitation using it for Linda because she absolutely does. Now that made my family feel pretty good. That's pretty sweet. Right? Now I love Brian. So much of what I know about the Bible came from his ministry too. There's a huge problem with that sort of view. Upholding Proverbs 31 is something that even among godly only some of you measure up to. It's not uncommon. That's the approach that lots of preachers, Bible class teachers, even ladies' fellowship writers will sometimes take with this, where they hold up this example, and it seems so out of reach. How do y'all feel when you read it? Overwhelmed? Discouraged? Inadequate? Not measuring up? So I want to be clear here, and they didn't know I was going to do this ahead of time. You guys got to study that passage recently, right? Like in one of our books, like that one came up. And it wasn't taught that way. I know the sister that led it taught it in a beautiful way. But because that is so in the air, some of our sisters read Proverbs 31 and instead of feeling celebrated, they feel discouraged and defeated. 
Is that what God intended from this poem? So maybe we're maybe we're doing it wrong. If we're given this beautiful picture and God's chosen a wife and a mother, a woman, to be his picture of excellence, to sum up the whole book. And our sisters read the way we write about. Our sisters hear the way we preach about and feel like, man, I don't measure up. Maybe it's time to write about it differently. Maybe it's time to talk about it differently. Because this is meant to be a celebration. A celebration of a woman who fears God and it shows in all her life. How she works, how she plans, how she uses her talents, how she cares for her family, how she shows kindness to strangers. She fears God and she blesses everybody around her. And they praise God with her. They call her blessed. Their lives are better because she's in your life. Now, brothers. Is there any one of us here that would honestly say that we don't feel that way about our Christian spouse? Of course not. No, we feel blessed. Oh my goodness, we are so blessed. We see all those things that she does. We recognize all those talents that she has. We see how much she loves the Lord, how it shows and how she takes care of us and takes care of the family and, and how she just lives out her faith each day. But she doesn't feel it. Sometimes she reads Proverbs 31 and feels like she's not good enough. And Proverbs 31 is meant to be the chance for her to feel celebrated. It's meant to be the chance for all to rise up and praise. Call her name blessed. So there's some opportunity for us here. Like I said, I love Brian. My family was very blessed by what he said. But my grandmother deserved that. Not because of all those early mornings fixing cocoa wheats, but because all those mornings fixing cocoa wheats flowed out of her love for God and her love for us. It's not about the mornings. Right? Because when you look at it, you can tell it's a poem because she rises before dawn, but she also stays up late into the night. So when does she sleep? It's a poem. It's not describing an actual way of life that you're not being a good godly woman if you get more than four hours sleep a night. That's not, that's not what Proverbs 31 is saying. But sometimes we read it that way. And even if no one says it, sometimes we think about it that way. So we need to be careful to see the picture, to recognize the poetry, to feel the celebration and then to use that to encourage our women who love and fear the Lord. 
Now, does that mean that there's not things in here that should challenge us? Absolutely, there's things that should challenge us. If you're human, you might struggle with laziness. So when you see this as part of God's definition for excellence, you're like, you know what? I do have a hard time getting out of bed, but I'm going to give it a good go, and I'm going to start each morning with prayer and scripture. And that'd be great. We should be challenged by it. The purpose of this is not to be like, you're perfect because you're a woman. Our world's kind of going that direction. I believe women. doesn't matter what they say. I believe women. That comes from a good place. We see ways that women have been used and abused. But it's not true just because a woman says it. It's true because it's either reality or it's not. So sometimes we can sort of overcompensate, like let things go bad one way and then we shoot too far in the other direction. Godly women will grow. Godly women will be convicted and challenged by some aspects of this problem. Though we will recognize that there's ways that we want to grow and godly men should encourage them in that. Should encourage them when they try to develop different skills or, or go about things different ways. But we need to recognize within this that reality that what we're seeing here is really much more a celebration and specifically a focus on the woman who fears the Lord. But all these other things she does is because she loves God. So ladies, what do we learn about God from Proverbs 31? Yes. Right. And just the full potential that's there when it's done according to God's divine. And Tony's hitting on the point, part of why I was so excited for us to study this, because it is about an excellent life, but it's directed to men and women alike. 
there are things for all of us to learn and take from this. So like some of the other things that we've looked at over these past few Sunday nights, they shouldn't only exist in women's devotionals. They shouldn't only exist back in ladies' fellowships. They have great value there, and God will bless every sister that takes part in it. But there's things that we need to hear too, fellas. And there's things that we need to hear together. Like we need to realize that sometimes the jokes we make or the ways we teach make some of our sisters feel like this. When God says he wants them to feel like this. So there's something in that for all of us that we will be blessed to hear. Lance? One of the things I see all through this whole picture is how much God values a woman who is following his lead. You know, first she's following God. Then she's respecting her husband. Her basis is God. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes her so beautiful. And not anything that the world looks at. It's all about her relationship with God. And that also, I think, for us, God values it. We need to also. That's right. So let's use that to talk about what we learn about people here. Because Lance is drawing our attention back to what really are just a key pair of verses for all of this. That charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You know, if you think about what Lance just said, if you think about what Tony just said, that's really key for us here, right? What the world sees, what the world focuses on, it's going to trick you. It's going to be pretty empty. But somebody that fears the Lord, somebody whose whole basis for their identity flows from their relationship with God, that's what we want to focus on. That's what we want to be celebrating. And think about how liberating that can be for our sisters, for our daughters, for our mothers and wives to hear that and know. Think about how educating that would be. Stephen pointed out how we need to impart some of this that we've been learning to our sons. That if this is the lesson, this is what you're looking for first, son. The most important thing for you to find is a lady who loves the Lord. Top priority. Anything else will fool you. You get that right, everything else takes care of itself. Amen. See, there's so much there. So ladies, what are other things that you see about people? Lady. So when you take what Laney just shared along with what Vicki was mentioning earlier, you do have this picture of how God could completely change our lives. That this isn't just a picture of a day in the life. That this is a picture of how abundant life can be when you let God lead you. When you let God teach you. When His wisdom and His purpose is what you're pursuing. And this lady embodied that. Other things that we see about people, brothers or sisters... Yeah. 
facts. So wisdom's not just having some facts stored up here. That's an element of it. But it shows up in all these areas of life. Larry? Years ago, a preacher preached on this and said pretty much what you said. Praise God. If you speak Hebrew. How might we put this into practice? Ladies first. I will what? Brothers or sisters, what can we say I will do as we think about this proverb? Larry? Okay. Anybody? I will what? Lance? I will continue to encourage every woman in our congregation because I think every woman in our congregation is well on their way to meeting this picture. I will praise and celebrate call the women around me who fear the Lord blessed. That would be a good way to practice what this proverb is saying, right? And that's not just for the ladies to do. That's for all of us to do. There? So if I'm hearing this right, Larry's I will is I will let Adele buy a field. <laughs> Partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Partnership. I'll be a good partner. I will be a good partner. Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's use that to then identify who needs this that you're going to tell. What could be a chance to share something from this proverb as we go into this week? Ladies, you have any ideas to get us started? Good. Share it with someone who's not feeling So somebody that's feeling down, somebody that's feeling like they're not measuring up, use this problem the way God intended. But there's celebration there that God sees you, God knows what you're doing. 
beautiful about that. Other ways that we might share. Jay. Any other opportunities to share? Once again? I think an easy one for any father to share the same thing, the same thing we talked about to their son and their daughter. Mm -hmm. What the daughter should be looking for? Any others? Ashley's favorite is the one about the strong arms. I texted a KO and said, when does it have to weight train? You're going to have strong arms. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're on track. There we go. But sincerely, like that, that is a way to share. You know, when you've got a lady that expresses this part of that excellence and she fears the Lord. Because that's the key. Right? But if you've got somebody that maybe isn't there with God yet, but they're starting to show that, be like, hey, we read a Bible verse last night that made me think of you. Like when God gave this picture of what like a woman living like the most excellent life looks like, said she has strong arms, and that made me think of you. What lady wouldn't like hearing that? Especially if she's part Wonder Woman, you know? Like that's pretty cool. You don't want to hear you have strong arms? Okay, well, nobody tell Christine she has strong arms. She doesn't want to hear it. She's tired of beating all y'all at arm wrestling and she just doesn't want to draw any more attention to it. So we got some things we can share here. See some value in this proverb for all of us as men and women. Opportunities to share. Anybody feel completely defeated like you're just not doing good enough? Feel more discouraged walking out than you did coming in? Would you be willing to pray us out, brother? Sure. Let's pray with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we spent in your word. We're so thankful for this word that you've given us. That there's so many different ways to read things and understand them, and we're just thankful for tonight. And we're thankful, Lord, for all the many ladies that we have in our congregation of all different ages who meet this picture. You gave us a picture of what you want women to be. And so many of them are just, they match up so beautifully. And I think too often, especially us men in our, in our joking, we tend to tear them down thinking it's a joke when it's not. Help us all, Lord, to stop doing that all together and do what you did. Praise women for who they are, especially so much 
when they love you and put you first in their lives. And we just thank you for this time. In Christ's name.